For this segment of Tech Talk with Johnson College, Dr. Katie Leonard hosts Daryl Jane, General Manager at Gibbons Ford, where they discuss how the unique partnership of Ford manufacturers and dealership helped to influence the long-standing, trusted, built Ford Tough brand that we recognize today. So as I'm recording this, we are into our eighth week of classes here at Johnson College, more than halfway through the semester and still reporting no positive COVID cases. Uh, I want to take this opportunity to first say a very special thank you uh, to our campus community. That includes students, our faculty and staff, alumni, board members, our industry partners, um, visitors to campus, because without all of us working together, um, I know this would not be possible. Uh, we definitely take our shared responsibility seriously here. Uh, I'm very grateful for that. And I just want to give a big shout out and thank everyone for keeping each other healthy and safe. Um, so last month, as I reflected on the times we're living in, especially COVID, uh, I made a special request of all of you listening. And I realized something. I like making special requests of all of you. Um, I like that I can use this forum to hopefully spread a little cheer uh, to each of you and also get you thinking a little differently. So I decided to do it again. Um, so this month, I have another special request for all of you. And that is to think about what you value. This is something I've been thinking uh, a lot about recently, especially through these COVID times. I've, I've, I've realized how much I value face-to-face -face interactions with other human beings. Uh, yes, I understand that right now we need to stay safe, uh, we need to stay masked, we need to stay distanced, but that doesn't lessen how much uh, value I place on true human interaction. I'm one of those people, um, you know, you'll see me out at, you know, in line at the coffee shop and I love those sort of brief uh, encounters that you get when you meet people. Um, and you have something in common or you know i'm also one of those people where you might see me every single day and i still want to hug you when i see you and i want to hold on to you because i value our connection um, and it's always genuine and um, i've come to realize i i really miss that um, and i know we're gaining a lot through this pandemic we're certainly learning a lot about ourselves and learning new ways to innovate and work smarter but we're still missing things. And I think it's okay to acknowledge that and it's okay to say that we miss things. There is a sense of loss here that I think sometimes we all just need to take a step back um, and recognize. And again, it reminds us to remember our values and hold on to them as much as we can because when we live our values, we're not just better for ourselves, but for those around us. I feel it does wonders for our mental state. So if you're feeling down through all this or missing things, Try to remember what you value and then try to create it in a new way. I know for some people um, that means, you know, creating this through Zoom meetings or FaceTiming more. But for some of, some of us, we may be Zoomed out um, and you might need to create it in different ways. Um, but whatever it is, um, try to figure it out and then do it simply because it's what you need. And don't be afraid of this. Uh, and like I shared last month, we're all just trying to figure out ways uh, to get through these crazy times. And I firmly believe if you can get a sense of what you value and actually jot it down and think about what you need, the two will align. And then it becomes easy to figure out how to get more of what you value into your life. 
Uh, as I mentioned, I value face-to-face interactions. It's one of the reasons I enjoy doing this podcast so much. Uh, so I know at least one time each month I get to spend time masked, of course, um, but face-to-face with people I genuinely enjoy and learn from. Uh, this month is no exception, of course. My guest is Mr. Daryl Jane, the general manager of Gibbons Ford. We talk about the impact that COVID has had on the auto industry, how mentorship influences the work experience, the importance of soft skills in the working world. Uh, And of course, I ask, when am I going to get my very own Shelby Mustang? Uh, So I hope you enjoy. I hope you learn something. And I hope above all else over the next month, you do more of what you value. Thank you for listening. Well, hi, Daryl. Thanks so much for being here today. It's my pleasure, Katie. (laughs) Um, So I want to start off with a really important question. This might be the most important question that you answer in this entire interview. (laughs) Um, So as you know, we recently purchased a vehicle from Gibbons Ford and we it was a Ford Escape. It's wonderful. It's wrapped. It looks awesome in the Johnson colors. But I have to ask, when do I get my Shelby? <laughs> uh, I think that's on the next order. Okay. So do they talk to you about that? I will, I will call you the moment it comes in. <laughs> Thank you. Because um, I kind of want to start there and, you know, discuss, you know, the mystique behind um, the Ford brands. You guys have such a history, um, you know, not just in this area, but just, you know, Ford internationally. Um, and, you know, everybody knows the saying like built for tough and, and what that means. Um, you know, recently got to see the Ford versus Ferrari film. Um, so could you just talk a little bit about that? Just, you know, big picture um, from your perspective, what like the Ford brand means to people? I think a lot of that comes from the founder. Uh, I think when you're told that you can't do, you can't do, you can't do, and you reach down and say, but I can, uh, I think that's the breed uh, from the origin uh, for him to uh, handle things that he handled and find the right people to see his vision and to pursue it and not be turned away. Uh, I think that made a big difference with him. Uh, and with a lot of people that then became uh, very close with him and worked with him. And I think it was something that continued, uh, just finding the right people uh, to do the job that he wanted done. Uh, but it's, it's history. Yeah, absolutely. I, I had the opportunity to be in Detroit. Um, gosh, I think it's like three or four years ago now, and I couldn't wait to get to Detroit again. Just like the whole sort of like the history, like you say, sure. of the you know um, the the car dealerships there. Um, and again, just you know, when you think of Ford, you think of that like trusted brand. You think of I think racing. You know, again, I'm Absolutely. a huge um, Mustang gal. So sure. you know, when I watch the the races, those are the cars that that I gravitate towards. Um, so could you talk a little bit too about the relationship between like the Ford Motor Company and then the, the dealerships? Well, I, I think that's always been a uh, manufacturer versus dealer. Uh, it sort of became a partnership. Uh, and, I, and I think for the most part, uh, it has been a partnership. Uh, there's obviously things that they, uh, that they do that we are not always to our benefit. 
but as a big picture, uh, they have to do what they have to do. Uh, likewise, we do as well. Uh, but I think Ford has a very, very good relationship with their, uh, with their dealers. Uh, I think they try very, very hard. Their field staff are probably second to none. Uh, from the financial side, uh, from their parts and service side, uh, they really have people that are dedicated to what they do. Uh, so that's always been a pleasure with that. But it's not always going to be exactly the way you want it to be. Uh, you want what you want when you want it. And unfortunately, uh, it can't always be that way. So you have to sit back and say, that's a good decision on their part. We just have to work through it. Yeah. Uh, but they, they, I think most manufacturers uh, are, are, are trying to see that from a dealer side. Uh, and uh, when they don't, it becomes an issue. But by and large, most do. Yeah. So it sounds like it comes down to two, two themes, just, you know, um, with the way in which that, like, the flow of our conversation is going here. It sounds like, you know, leadership is very important. And then partnership, sort of that sense of we're, we're in this Correct. together. Correct. Um, and how, how do you, from, from your perspective, because I know you've been, um, you know, in the industry for over 40 years now, how do you see those two intersecting and even through tough times right we all you know go through tough time forward certainly um and some of this you know plays out more publicly than you know we would like sometimes but how do you see that intersection of leadership and partnership and how ford has dealt with that over the years well i, I think originally and earlier years i would say that it was probably more difficult for dealers because it was a because i said so mentality mm -hmm. uh and I think the, the dealer body and the manufacturers uh, started to realize that no longer can it be that way. Uh, we need to explain our position. We need to uh, show them why we're doing what we're doing and hopefully it makes sense to them. Uh, and I think when you get into those situations uh, where the decisions are made, you've got to understand that they have expenses, you have expenses, and you have to make the decisions that are best for your store when they're making the decisions for the body. Uh, so it is difficult, but it has changed dramatically. Uh, at one time, like I said, it was a, this is the way we're doing it and don't bother asking any questions because we're not gonna change our mind. Now, they're still not as flexible as we may like them to be, but there certainly is open conversation. Well, that, that's great because I was going to say, it sounds like a lot of this comes down to communication. And that's something we stress to our students all the time, whether you're on the technical side like our students or, you know, you're more on the management leadership side. You have to be able to communicate and be as honest as you possibly can because, you know, you're dealing with customers. Um, so how, you know, how would you, from your perspective, um, how important are those communication skills? I'll give you a, a quick story. Uh, in our store, we have a uh, what they call a policy, uh, and it's basically an account that we charge things to when we try to satisfy a customer for whatever the reason may be. Uh, we broke something. Uh, they said they didn't want something, whatever the case may have been. But I review every one of those as they come through. Some of them are for $200, some of them are for $20, some of them are for $2,000. 95% or more is strictly communication. Mm -hmm. It's nothing more than communicating with the service tech, with the service writer, with the customer, miscommunication, 
cost us more money than poor workmanship. Yeah. Uh, it always has and it always will. So I think that's one of the things that we stress more at our dealership than anything is communication. Yeah, that's interesting. We so it's, we stress that to our students too, and we say, you know, you got to be able to tell that story to a customer, especially if someone's coming in angry. You have the ability and the power to be able to calm that person and say your vehicle's going to be okay. You know, in in some cases they're dealing directly with humans, so you know they said like, don't worry, your loved one's going to be okay. Empathy but, is what's necessary in yeah. in our especially on the service rider side, the person who's seeing the customer for the first time. Uh, you don't know what that customer has gone through that week or that day. Yeah. The idea is to be empathetic. The minute they walk through the door, you don't know what kind of news they got this morning. They, don't, they could have lost a dog last night, right. and it could have been something that they've had for 15, 20 years, but that's already put them in a mood that's put them in a very sensitive level. So... Empathy is as more as as important as sympathy and getting the job done. Uh, but that's it's a people business, mm -hmm. and that's what's always been fun about it. Yeah, it's so interesting, especially during these these COVID times. I think we're like losing that perspective a little bit. That this is still all of this still comes down to relationships and people and the way in which we treat each other. I don't care if you're you know on Zoom and you know trying to make eye contact with someone, or you're sitting you know here you know you know trying to you know build some type of relationship. It all comes down to people and how we treat each other. So how, like, what would your advice to students be? How, you know, how do you um, emphasize that? Cause I know we've had a longstanding relationship with Gibbons Ford. We so appreciate it. It's been, you know, focused on the technical, but also you guys have been so good about stressing those soft skills to the students. As you mentioned, the, the empathy and like, don't forget there's, you know, a human, this isn't just someone's, you know, vehicle. There is a human being that, cares about this this vehicle and that drives this vehicle so we need to keep it safe so how, how would you what would you say to students? well our, our most of our relationships that we've uh, uh, been fortunate enough to have with Johnson College bringing uh, the, the students to our store uh, have been very good uh, because most have been technicians uh, but a few that have come through uh, have wanted to start as the service writer and then progress to uh, the, the technician side. And for the most part, uh, it's, it's actually been rather easy. Uh, I get a kick out of it because I didn't have children. So a lot of these students that come to our store uh, get a semi-adoption from me. <laughs> uh, so it's, it's sort great. of like I can bust on their chops a little bit and have some fun. Sure. Uh, but I also have a tendency to remind them when they're bringing a vehicle in, hey, remember, that could be your car, and you know what you think about your car. So do me a favor, make sure you take care of that car the same way you take care of your car. Uh, and it's more more of that than it is, you know, sitting them down and trying to teach them something. Mm -hmm. They want to see what the experience is. They want to do pretty much their own thing. But when they see that it's done differently, and it's working to their benefit, uh, they've come a long way. Yeah. Uh, and, it, and it's just sort of fun to sit back and, and see them, you know, when you're, when you're that much older than everybody at the store and you walk through it, and the first couple of times you walk through, sort of nobody says anything. 
And then all of a sudden, when you start to get a little bit chummier with them, and all of a sudden you start busting on them a little bit and you start having a little bit of fun, uh, they, they start to respond to that. Uh, so there's some positive reinforcement as opposed to the negative. And we really have had a, a wonderful time with the students. That's uh, Very few incidents where we've said, you know what, this isn't going to work. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's been great. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but they've, they're good kids. Yeah, thank you. And I think that, you know, nothing um, says real world more than the kinds of experiences they get. Um, at places like like Ibn's Ford and we like to say you know we take a step back and say well we we're not just developing um, you know a, a skilled technician here certainly we are but we like to say we're we're really helping to develop the most well-rounded technician that anyone is going to find anywhere so you know to your point it really takes those you know definitely those technical skills um, which we work together mm -hmm. to, to teach but also um, the the critical importance of those those we, soft we, see, we see a big difference now versus years ago uh, with the student technician today uh, unfortunately years and years ago when I first got into the business those the people that were technicians were because they weren't quote-unquote suited for college according to their 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 high school mm -hmm. uh, individuals uh, guiding them and it's ironic because one of the first conversations I had with a technician back when I was probably 20 or 21 years old he was the smartest sharpest individual I had ever met in my life he could do two cars at one time <laughs> he still to this day is still turning a wrench and one of the sharpest people I've ever met but that generation didn't have the confidence that they should have been allotted. Unfortunately, they were forced into a, into a profession. Mm -hmm. uh, it's nice to see the kids that are coming through today that have chosen this. Mm -hmm. Because you, everyone knows that you can't do very well at something if you don't choose to do it. If you don't know why you're doing it and you haven't chosen to do it, you're not going to be very good at it. But these, these kids that come through today... You can have a real-world conversation with them in a lot of ways, uh, whether it be political, whether it be financial. Mm -hmm. They have a pretty good handle on things, and it's fun to see that they've chosen this field. Yeah. Uh, and I used to ask the, the, the technician I was referring to, Jimmy, we, you're, you're as good and as sharp as I've ever seen. Why do technicians feel so down about themselves? Yes. And he said, to be honest with you, most of us didn't want to be here. Hmm. But we weren't qualified to do anything else. I just, for those guys that have taken us to where we are, they deserve a, a, a round of applause on a regular basis because they did it when it wasn't popular. Yeah. Uh, now you've got kids that are coming through that before they even touch the car, they're going to their computer and they've got a pretty good source of which direction they're to going go before yeah. they get there. Yeah. A lot of they in the earlier days it wasn't. A lot of the earlier days it was you had to sit and think it through. Oh yeah. Big difference. Yeah, and troubleshoot, like know how to troubleshoot. And Absolutely. the way that you would approach that problem with the car is gonna be completely different than maybe another totally. technician. Which I think is what makes it fun to watch when you see some of our our uh, more senior techs take some of these younger kids and put them side by side yeah. and it's it's really interesting because the kids that only have the one year or two year experience all of a sudden they're maybe one page or two pages ahead of the the senior tech but it's nice to see the senior tech says oh that's great yeah we can try that and it saves me some time yeah 
That's great. You know, you, you bring up a great point about mentorship. I know that's something we've talked, you know, with mm-hmm. all of you about. Um, and I think that's what makes the partnership between Johnson College and Gibbons, like, just so impactful because you make sure that some of, like, our younger technicians are paired with a more seasoned technician. And as you said, it just changes a student's entire perspective because like we have the most awesome like faculty and the students are learning the foundation here but then again once they're in a real world setting they're like hey there is more than one way to approach this problem absolutely um and i always say like we produce the most skilled troubleshooters (laughs) around because of the partnerships we have with industry that's good and they they get exposed to that they'll always be able to use it that's that, for sure oh my god that's what i say it's it's you know kind of again using you know technical puns but these are skills they put in their tool belt and they'll be able to carry them no matter Absolutely. where they, that's exactly <laughs> they right. go um but you brought up something interesting too um that i i love to talk about because i noticed the same thing when i started here at johnson college a little over 13 years ago is that you know our older alumni and even some of the current students then they were almost down on themselves about and almost you know not ashamed to talk about like the skills that they had but not you know fully understanding that this is just as much of a critical skill set that they possess as somebody like me who in my undergraduate you know i majored in english you know what does that qualify me to do i could write my way out of anything but how often do i have to do that Correct. um it would have you know a lot would have been a lot more handier if i had maybe learned to weld or you know like wire <laughs> or learn to fix true. you know fix my own car which my dad did did teach me uh, at a young age but the the basics um but it's something that was very important to me when I started here. I started in a fundraising and a marketing role. I got out to visit alumni, you know, started talking to them. And, you know, once like the we started to reframe it and change the language, you just started to see alumni just light up and say, you know, like, do you know how valued you are out there? Um, and they, you know, and it's just lost and they're so humble and they're, you know, to your point, many of them, like they felt they did this because they had to. Um, and now seeing some of the older alumni interact with some of, you know, the, the students today or the younger alumni where it is, it's, you know, the older alumni saying, well, I had to do this. And Mm -hmm. the younger alumni saying, you know, I, I wanted to, to do this. This is, this is cool. This is, you know, and I think if, if there's anything that has brought this to light, um, fortunately or unfortunately, it's been COVID-19. I think, you know, this, you know, we were able basically to keep going um, in large part because of our industry partners. Um, You know, while campus had to close, um, you all, once kind of things settled down a little bit, opened your doors and students were able to complete, you know, their skills out at industry locations like Gibbons and, you know, just keep going because you know, you're an essential business. And I think it really drove home the fact just how critically important all of our majors are, because every single one of our majors was connected um, to a business that was considered essential. Um, And, you know, I like to say when the world stopped, like we kept going, our students kept going, our alumni kept going. And the thing that struck me, I think the most through all of this was when, you know, I would talk to our senior students, you know, they 
like yes they were worried about their own health and safety but i think they were worried about not being able to get in their skills so they can get out into the workforce and they you know they they really did understand like we are essential we want to help like we have the skills to be out there to keep the economy going to keep the country going i was just floored by how serious they took that responsibility um, and, you know, and we're just so grateful to industry partners, um, you know, like Gibbons that just helped us. <laughs> yeah. Ironically, it, it, it worked as well for us as it may have for you yeah. uh, to, to have uh, the, the essential uh, label uh, for the automotive industry from the uh, parts and service side uh, was very, very helpful. And truthfully we would not have been able to do it without some of the students that we had and without our staff uh, to make that difference uh, but it was very interesting to see they finally as to your point mm -hmm. that they had saw themselves as essential mm -hmm. uh, and I think that is something that is imperative that they that they hold on to mm -hmm. uh, and realize that it's something to be very proud of yeah uh, so hopefully going forward it's the type of education that they learn both on campus and off campus that uh, doesn't matter what you do in life doesn't matter what right. you wear to work it basically matters how you do it and how proudly you do it that's right so and, uh, yeah. hopefully they, they they learn that in a very short period of time yes I think they are <laughs> um, so you know talking about COVID so how did you know from your perspective how did it affect the auto industry as a whole to begin with and then how did it impact Gibbons well we were talking about it a little earlier uh, unfortunately when it hit uh, and so many of the manufacturers shut down I think a lot of people didn't understand that both the manufacturer and their suppliers were shutting down so despite the fact that it may be a Chevy, a Ford, a Toyota, a Dodge, whatever the product line may be, their suppliers are very similar. Uh, they may be getting windshields, they may be getting batteries, they may be getting tires, all, every manufacturer getting it from the same uh, supplier. Mm -hmm. So when the supplier shut down, as did all, uh, and it was time to then gear back up, those suppliers could not react quickly enough to the manufacturers. So it basically, despite the fact that we were able to go back to selling automobiles, the supply wasn't there. Uh, we're now sitting at approximately 25% of our typical inventory. Uh, and despite the fact that the first uh, 30 to 45, 60 days were very good because of pent up demand and things of that nature, mm -hmm. uh, we knew obviously it was going to come to a <laughs> screeching halt once you didn't have any more product. Sure. So every dealer has been in the same bucket uh, and we're just all just hopefully uh, that the, the product line kicks back into gear and we start to see some inventory soon and uh, that COVID is not going to necessarily uh, beat us. We're going to respect it. We're going to do what we need to do for our clients and for our employees, uh, but we still have to put our heads down and go to work. <laughs> so if I were to order that Shelby today, how long would it? <laughs> You're probably looking at about eight months. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> I better get on that. <laughs> I would certainly hope you would. Um, so how did it impact um, Gibbons specifically? Did you change hours? I know you guys really didn't miss a beat. I remember like talking to, you know, Ashley, um, you know, maybe, you know, kind of change things for a week or so, but then you guys were right back. We actually did, uh, We the service side mm -hmm. was given the uh, essential label and parts. Uh, so we really never shut down service or parts, uh, but the showroom had to be closed 
and at that point we had to uh, decide how we were going to handle uh, the the influx of people when we were going to be able to have them. Uh, so we basically had to do just like many other uh, retail stores and many other manufacturers did. Uh, we started putting on plexiglass, we started getting masks, uh, started getting the hand sanitizers, uh, and uh, set up our online process so that people could purchase online and basically come in and be touchless mm -hmm. with regards to uh, picking up their automobile. Uh, we set it up in the uh, delivery area. Uh, no one was allowed in the showroom. And uh, we would just basically put the paperwork out for them to sign what they needed to sign, show them where the vehicle was at. And at that point, the only thing that we weren't doing was uh, going through the vehicle with them and showing how things worked and what have you, because a lot of them were just very comfortable with, we're, we'll handle it, we'll take it from here. And that was all there was to it. Uh, so we, we did have about a 45 to 60 day period where we sold nothing. Uh, and then obviously once we were able to open back up, uh, things were a little different. Mm -hmm. uh, we still are doing uh, as prescribed. Uh, and uh, uh, we have a large enough showroom that the, the areas are not crowded. Uh, so that we were very mm -hmm. fortunate with. Uh, our service department, as far as the waiting area, we've had to remove some chairs from there and place them in other areas of the showroom. Again, being fortunate to have that large of a showroom, uh, we can pretty much move people around so there's really not uh, anyone within uh, six to ten feet of each other. Yeah, that's great. And I feel like people have been really good just about like, hey, if we, you know, we want to get out there, we want to be interacting with each other. If this is what we need to do in terms of distancing and wearing masks, like then then this is what will, you know. We've had have very few cases of individuals who didn't yeah. want to wear them. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and that's been that's been reaffirming uh, for the fact that we're doing it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think too, again, for our students, you know, bef you know, before we were able to reopen the physical campus, they were already seeing a lot of this out at industry. So again, mm -hmm. that was something we were grateful for. We modeled a lot of our reopening plan from feedback that we were getting from our industry partners because they had been open or you know stayed open and again didn't miss a beat so by the time the students came back here for their on-campus labs they were already used to it they were either like working themselves or they were seeing how the business you know the industries that oh, they were going to go into experience. yeah again like I, I always like dice you've been joking about well we you know in our mission we say we promise real world learning and it really hasn't gotten <laughs> any more real world real than what it is <laughs> than, than this but um, again, we just appreciate being able to sort of mirror a lot of what we do um, after the, the industries um, that, that we serve. So, um, you know, thank, thanks for that, too. Um, so, you know, you, you touched upon something, too, a little earlier, and this, this kind of ties into um, the relationship that Gibbons Ford and Johnson College have had over the years, um, but that, that, that mentorship piece. Um, so, you know, we started out um, with a very robust internship program. Um, our transportation division here at the college, which includes, you know, diesel truck technology, automotive technology, heavy equipment technology, um, logistics. We, we always pilot a lot of programs through um, that division mm -hmm. of study because we've had such great industry partners, you know, Gibbons Ford, Kenworth of Pennsylvania, Stadium International, um, j just to name a few. but. A lot of this um, 
started out as that internship program um, but now it's it's grown as I said like it's really grown over the years we have like now students completing even some of their lab work there they get their task sheet they work with um, the mentor um, at at Gibbons so again going back from from your perspective how important do you see that because you see it playing out firsthand in the dealership uh, first of all it, it's, it's it's extremely important uh, and and I think the whether it's the mentorship or the leadership however you want to title it it's it's all about getting those students to the right individual that can see that personality that can work that particular personality uh, I've been very fortunate over my career I haven't been very good at a lot of things but one thing I am good at I think is finding the right people to do the right job uh, that I think is probably the most important thing uh, so there's there are technicians that we have as students that are very quiet and reserved individuals uh, and one comes to mind and and I'll say well are you sure that's the right person to put her with let's put her mm -hmm. with so-and-so uh, because he it's a softer delivery it's a educational delivery and yet you'll have someone who comes in who wants to be the quote-unquote rebel rouser for lack of a better term <laughs> and he needs a little bit of a crack behind the ear and <laughs> you put them with the right guy mm -hmm. uh, and I think that is imperative to keep that individual interested because if they get paired opposite all of a sudden that person is going home saying boy that that mentor that's not exactly who I was hoping for and if we get it to a point where we think it's not working with that one you know what let's flip it up yeah. let's let's flip it up let's change it up a little bit and see if he or she will work better with Louis mm -hmm. just the idea of maintaining and monitoring it is imperative uh, we look at the at our most of the students that come from Johnson uh, have come to us primarily for our quick lane mm -hmm. but when they come to quick lane it's not their stomp stomping grounds it's their starting zone we look at it as our farm league we look at that and say we're not going to be able to go out and pull technicians off a tree <laughs> they don't grow on trees <laughs> and they are very difficult to yeah. find because good technicians are usually taken care of by people that they work for mm -hmm. so they're not typically going to go anywhere so the only place you're going to get them is to grow your own mm -hmm. so it's been a great marriage for us because we see these technicians that have the desire which is huge to come in and start turning a wrench our job is to make sure that they're making the path to the quote-unquote main shop with term I don't like at all mm -hmm. we have one shop and unfortunately <laughs> the way it's looked at is quick lane and main shop so needless to say the, the 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 students that come into quick lane they're looking at the main shop and you can see the twinkle in their eye of how do they get there yeah that's what Ashley has done a phenomenal job with is being able to channel them and say here's our steps here's what we need to do uh, we just took another one just uh, yesterday 
moved him over to the main shop, and now he's going to apprentice with our uh, supervisor. So it's it's fun to see. Yeah. Uh, and you can tell you've been doing it too long when those are the kind of things you get excited about. Oh, I know. Uh, it's, just, it's just fun to see it happen. I know. Every time I'm over there, I, I don't want to leave because I see our students in action and our alumni thriving. Um, and how so how does a relationship like this benefit Gibbons? Well, I think the biggest benefit is, first of all, it, it's in our guides we're looking at it from giving back to the community mm -hmm. but it then in turn it's good for us because hopefully if we do our job right we can keep that technician and we can have someone that's going to be long there after i'm gone mm -hmm. uh and have someone who's excited about what they do and excited about who they work for yeah uh, that's that's to us more important than anything uh we've always had a uh a, a mantra at our store that if you take care of your employees, your employees will take care of your customers. Yeah. Uh, so it's always been important to us to keep them as happy as we possibly can. Yeah. Within reason. Right. Yeah. Oh, I know. And, and I'll tell you, that mentorship piece is big. When, you know, we had a panel on campus a little over a year ago, and we asked students, you know, because I think sometimes there's this misconception, you know, students, you know, will jump for an extra, you know, 25 cents an hour, 50 cents an hour. But we asked students, like, what what is most important to you? Because it, we get that all the time because, you know, goods technicians and technologists are hard to find in every industry. Um, we can't produce them fast enough. We hear it all the time, mm -hmm. um, which is it's such a compliment to, to the college and our faculty and, you know, at the quality of our, the students that, that we're producing. But, you know, two things that, that the students said is that they want to be able to, they, they, they're learning a valuable skill set here. And they, the first thing is they want to be able to apply those skills immediately um and they they want a company to invest in them and not just the the money but things like a mentorship program additional training um you know helping them you know not they don't have to pay for the training themselves things like that Correct. so i think you know you you guys just do such a great job of, of building that and that does then breed loyalty I feel you you would certainly like to hope it does for their sake and for ours right uh, but uh, Ford has a, a fabulous educational program uh, and it's a approximately 13 steps that you can actually take in every uh, aspect of the vehicle and that's one of the main things that we do when we get students that come on board is start with their quick lane process mm -hmm. which has got certifications and then get into the uh, 13 uh, certifications that Ford offers and that pushes them to a higher level of income uh, it's also a higher level of appreciation uh, and a higher level of uh, self-worth uh, when you realize what you've been able to uh, accomplish and a lot of them are doing it at such a much younger age uh, and it's so much better for them they're at a very malleable stage of their life mm -hmm. uh, they're still in a learning stage they haven't thought about the fact that they know everything yet. <laughs> uh, so it's fun to see them get to that point where still at their in their late teens and early 20s where they still have that capability of sitting in front of a computer for an hour and a half or whatever the time frame may be and accomplishing something yeah uh, so it, it's working for both yeah. uh, which is a, is a good partnership oh, absolutely and I think too you hit on another important point which you know oftentimes I'll talk to you know other industry folks and I think they want to be able to replace this like 40-year technician who has all of these skills and knowledge 
and they expect like a recent graduate to be able to like come right in and fill the exact role no. that that 40-year technician and and it really it's you know, just something <laughs> that that's experience cannot right, buy yeah. and that's the only thing you're going to get with it that right. you have to have the experience yeah. right so so what time. so what advice would you give like other industry partners that you know are because again like i said i i hear it all all the time in terms of just you know setting up a successful you know partnership I think the biggest thing would be don't be afraid to try it. Yeah. Uh, I think there's too many of them that uh, look back and say, well, we can't do that because. Well, you know what? You can. Uh, give it a try. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't be afraid. You have good employees. Don't be afraid to take one of those good employees and put them with apprentice. No matter mm-hmm. what the field is, let them learn. Uh, that's going to be to your advantage. Uh, so you may take a couple of steps back because that, that individual might slow you down the first couple of times, but realistically, it's an investment and you have to do it because you're not going to be able to, and we've all gone through it through COVID where we can't find employees Mm -hmm. and everybody wants to stay home. Uh, so realistically, you've got to look for them where you know you can find them Mm -hmm. and where else would you find them? But in someone who's saying, help us. Mm Mm-hmm. We can help you with what your issues are, help us out with our issues. It becomes a team effort. And I honestly believe if they don't do it, they're foolish. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a great opportunity uh, for, for how many walks of life you're willing to put people in. They're crazy not to try. Yeah, thanks. Well, thank you. This was a great conversation, Daryl. Really appreciate uh, you being here today. And, you know, again, thank you so much for, for the, the partnership we have. It's my pleasure. We look forward to continuing it. Thank you. Find all Tech Talk with Johnson College podcasts on iTunes and Spotify. Johnson College. We work.